Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you may be. And I want to give a big shout out to everybody today who loves baseball. I grew up on it, folks. I am all about the Dodgers. I've been a Dodger fan my entire life, and I've been blessed to have experienced the wisdom, the love, the sincerity, the the storytelling of one of the greatest storytellers that's ever graced a microphone. Of course, I'm talking about the late, great Vin Scully, who uh, so many generations of Dodger fans, millions upon millions of people absolutely adore and love. Uh, We feel and consider him to be family. And today I'm going to be doing today's show in honor of him attempting to give you something that another great announcer that I am a huge fan of, the late, great Chick Hearn would say. He would say, Vin was great at creating a word's eye view. And I'm going to do my best today to give you that word's eye view as we talk about a very important topic um, called DNA repair. All right. So we start every show, as you know, um, on gratitude you know what am what am i grateful for well today i'm grateful for god i'm grateful that god had the wisdom to build us to design us and i'm talking about our physical bodies in a way that is absolutely designed to heal i've been studying the human body for ooh over 22 years now, really, probably about 24, 25 years, uh, you know, quarter of a century. Uh, And it's so incredible that no matter how long you study the human body, there's always something new to learn, right? I remember when I first got into the healing arts, folks, I was uh, in a situation where, like most people who are drawn to the healing arts, I was hurting. I was uh, hurting very deeply and I needed something, you know, and uh, I just happened, and this is a true story, I just happened um, to be, <laughs> I can't believe I'm even going to tell you this. All right, so let me, let me set the scene here. Let me give you this word's eye view. I'm working in Canoga Park at Boeing and I'm working on the International Space Station. I'm working in the finance department. I'm helping to design relational databases uh, to, um, and I I didn't know this at the time, but I was starting to pick up on it, to relational databases so that they could produce reports for the government, because the government would come in on two separate periods. um, And one period, the folks at Boeing Rocketdyne would have to show the government that, hey, we need more money. We have a lot more work to do. We need more money. 
Uh, and then on the second period, they would want to show the government that, hey, we're using all the money that we got from the American taxpayers wisely. So I would design these relational databases that they could apply these fictitious uh, rates to. Um, to my, and those rates, of course, that were applied, the government officials never saw. They just saw the end report. But what it helped the folks trying to tell the story at Boeing Rocketdyne was tell the government what they want to hear. Here's where we need more money, and here's where we're using the money appropriately. Of course, none of it was true. So as I started to learn this, uh, one of the things that I would often do is take long lunches. <laughs> I would take, we'd go out to, you know, the, the macaroni grill and get that wonderful bread and olive oil and all that stuff, you know, and just sit out there with some fellow computer programmers, database developers, and we would just, you know, we would of course, talk shop and, and talk what the projects we're working on, bring notebooks and everything. But we would take pretty, pretty long liberal lunches some days. And then I would come back. And after I, you know, came back, I usually had a book I was reading. Uh, one of the books I was reading at the time uh, was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And I'll never forget this because <laughs> this happened in the, in the bathroom. I was, I was going number two, and I'm reading the book, and there was this wonderful, wonderful line, uh, this wonderful question that Neil Donald Walsh had proposed, and he was talking about healers. He was talking about, you know, um, how incredible they are, and how there's so many scattered throughout the world, and they're here on Earth just simply for the joy of helping people heal of helping people learn how to heal for themselves, of helping people experience something better. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's me. I, I love that. And there was this question that Neil Donald Walsh proposed, and it was, well, how do I know if I'm a healer? And I said to myself, you just know. And that was the exact next line. Now, remember I said to you, I was hurting. I had some other things going on in my personal life, but reading that line, it was like the lights just came on. You know, when you have one of those moments where that was too coincidental to be anything other than what was exactly supposed to happen. Here I am at a job. I'm not fulfilled. I'm capable of doing the job, but I'm not fulfilled I realize that I'm helping people lie, which of course is against my ethos and how I like to live my life. I'm searching for something. And here I am in my favorite place. You know, I'm a naturopath. I'm sitting on the toilet, taking a number two after lunch, after a long macaroni grill <laughs> experience. And I'm reading a book, taking my time. And, you know, I'm, here's this question. How, how does someone know if they're a healer? And the answer, you just know. And for that to be the exact lines, I got, I got a chi burst. A chi burst, a lot of people in our, in our culture, we refer to a chi burst. Uh, chi is energy, by the way. It's a burst of energy through your body. A chi burst, um, we commonly uh, refer to as goosebumps because that's usually how it manifests. You get goosebumps and your hair stands up and stuff like that. But I got a chi burst while taking a number two. <laughs> reading a self-help book, Conversations with God. And, you know, I remember I got up um, as soon as I was done, of course, and, you know, properly flushed and 
wash my hands. Um, but I go back to my desk and I immediately jumped on the phone. This was in the beginning days of the internet. So it wasn't like you could just search and there were, everybody had a web page up, right? This was still as things were forming. So I, I um, to tell you, I'll show you how long ago this was. I looked up a couple things online and I started looking up traditional Chinese medicine schools. And I did that because I was already a martial artist and I'd already had a good experience with a, a doctor, an acupuncturist, Dr. Rowe, who helped me immensely when I was going through some some rough uh, some rough things that had happened, um, you know, and, and after after a couple training sessions, and he really did a great job, and it was a phenomenal experience, and it really opened my eyes to the power of things that I didn't understand, the power of what a needle placed in the proper meridian on the proper point can do, the power of what herbs because he also gave me herbs to brew and, and turn into tea could do the power of what of what herbs could be medicinally right and it was so wonderful it's like wow there's this whole world opening up that i didn't know and of course i was passionate about it but you got to make money so i spent a lot of time as a database developer because i could do it so i get on I, I get on the internet and look around and i found a couple of uh chinese uh medicine schools and in one of them was Samara University in um, uh, this Culver City area in, in Southern California. And I remember driving by it all the time off of the 10 freeway. I'd seen it so many times. So I called in and uh, when I called in, I talked to them and I set up an appointment to uh, ultimately go out there. And I went out there and I visited and it was really, didn't have a good feel, unfortunately. And unfortunately the school would eventually go out of business. But when I went in there, like the, the lights, um, you know, the phosphor, uh, phosphorescent tubes were flickering. It was just kind of like a ugh, kind of environment, you know, it wasn't bright and inviting. And my big question to them was, okay, how long is it going to take for me to work with patients? How, when can I start working with patients? And they they said, well, it's two years. You don't get to see your first patient until two years in. I was like, well, whoa, whoa, I need, I learn by doing, I need hands-on. And so they said, well, there's this school in, there's a massage school in Santa Monica you want, might want to check out because you can get some hands-on experience within your first year. And then if you really like what you're doing, you can come in and, and study with us, enroll and study with us. And I thought, oh, okay, that, that sounds a little bit better. But they didn't know what the school's name was. It was just something they had heard of. And so um, I was, I, I remember this is back in the day. I called 911, <laughs> not 911, excuse me. <laughs> that's still today. I called 411, 411 for information. That's how long ago it was. I called 411 for information and I got on the phone with a live person, a live person who just happened to be from Southern California. How cool is that, right? Coincidence, right? And I said, hey, I'm looking for a massage school that somebody told me about in Santa Monica, but there are a few out there. I don't know which one it is and everything. And, you know, I'd heard about this massage school. I think it was IPSB or something like that. It was an acronym. I forget for what. And I was like, I think that's what the, the folks were referring to at, um, at the uh, Samara University at the Oriental Medical School. Well, this is when you can't make this stuff up, right? Because I'm, I'm on with 411 with a live operator. And she says, you know, um, you don't want to go to that school. There's this other school out there that I think you'll really like. It's called the Dow Healing Arts Center. And you should check it out. 
And sure enough, that conversation changed my life. That conversation put me at the Dow Healing Arts Center in its golden era when it had PhD biochemists teaching there, um, published authors in Chinese medicine teaching there, Dr. Mikio Sankey, um, great massage therapists um, teaching there. Uh, one of my teachers, Dr. Kaneko, just a brilliant and incredibly kind-hearted man, Dr. Saparito, um, Ingrid, Justice. I mean, there was just so many incredible people and the students that the, the school attracted, absolutely phenomenal students, just good people with good hearts who really wanted to help healers, right? How do you know when you're a healer? Well, you just know. And I was like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm home. This is what, this is what I've been looking for my entire life. I went to UCLA. I got a degree in engineering. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like any of the classes I was in. I didn't like any of the professors. I didn't like what I was studying. I wasn't passionate about it. I got ultimately into um, computer programming because a friend turned me on to it and I learned on the job. You know, that Boeing was awesome in helping me learn on the job and I got really good at it. Um, I love solving problems and puzzles and data analysis is right up my alley for stuff like that. So it was fun. It was creative, but it still wasn't me. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> as luck would have it, you know, I get on a 411 call with a random operator and they point me to the school that completely changed my life. I remember I went to a um, open house on December 5th, 1999, went to an open house uh, there and I started uh, and I, I took the open house and it was so impressive. It was so amazing watching Ingrid, you know, perform a shiatsu massage and seeing how incredible the person who was receiving it felt. I just remember thinking, I want to learn how to do that. I want to know how to do that with my hands where when I touch someone, they feel so good that they drool because that's what happened. The girl just had this big lava drool, you know, coming out of her mouth. You know, the massage felt so good. I would learn later that that's because the massage activated the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest nervous system. But I was so impressed that that day, that moment, I went right around um, to the front office and I paid for the whole year. I was like, here, I, I'm in, let's get this. I, I want to be here. And for the next year, it was so much fun. I would go to work out in the Valley, out in Canoga Park, working as a database developer in the day. And then I would drive over the 405 freeway over the, over the hill, uh, the busiest freeway. And I'd, I'd be having a ball because I, I couldn't wait to get to Santa Monica to go to school. It was just, it was it was everything. Why? Because I'm a healer. Because I had engaged my passion and everything that I wanted to do with my life. It was right there. And I came into that school at the exact perfect time when there was this wonderful nexus of the most brilliant people and the best minds and the sweetest hearts and everybody working together to create an incredible experience. And it was right near the beach. You go take a break and go walk down by the Santa Monica beach. It was just, it was a dream. You know, it was one of these great times that you, that God will give you. And 
what it did was it ignited a love affair that has only grown stronger all these years later. Um, it's ignited a love affair with the human body and the brilliance of the design of the human body. Remember, I'm an engineer. And to see the brilliance of the human body, and especially at the cellular level, how everything is designed, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about today is what I've learned in working with people who've been genetically modified. I'm going to share with you some of the things that we've come across in that, because there's this fundamental question that's being asked, but really not asked right now. What I keep hearing from brilliant minds, and I mean brilliant minds, but I keep hearing the same defeatist mentality, and I don't really enjoy it. And that is, for anybody who's gotten the shots, there's nothing you can do. Once you're genetically modified, you can't do anything else about it. You're genetically modified for the rest of your life. And thankfully, that's just not true. <laughs> you see, God wears an amazing T-shirt. And on the front, it says, I've got this. And on the back, it says, and I've got you too. And when you study the human body and you get down to the cellular level and you get down to the nucleic level in the chromosomes, what you come to find is that there's nothing that's been done that can't be undone. Now, that doesn't mean that the process is easy. That doesn't mean it's going to work for every single person. And that doesn't mean that every single person is going to have the guts because that's what it takes to heal. You got to have guts. Doesn't mean that every person is going to have the guts to do the work. But it doesn't detract from the possibility. It doesn't detract from the reality that our bodies at the cellular level, beginning in the nucleus, are designed to heal. So the fundamental question that we're all asking without us even realizing it is can a person who's gotten the shots and been genetically modified reverse that genetic modification? And what I'm going to say to you with definitive statements based upon evidence-based peer-reviewed research and clinical experience is that yes, yes, the genetic modification can be undone and the evil people promoting these shots know it. And that's why they're so adamant about people getting boosters. Because without people getting boosters, the body will self-heal. Let that sink in. We write back with what we've learned thus far in the effort as healers to reverse genetic modifications right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. 
place just like the Tao Healing Arts Center, place where you can go and feel like you are family, where you can learn what you are passionate about, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, the art of cellular healing, the art of eating healthy, how mitochondria work, how your body is designed to heal, and how amazing God really has made you. And you can do and learn all that without it being a religious experience. You can learn all of that with it being a divine experience, if you so choose. But you can learn from people who really care and people who really know what they're talking about. That's what I'm proud about at the Energetic Health Institute. So check us out, www, I love saying that, energetichealthinstitute.org. Once again, that's www.energetichealthinstitute.org. Check us out, fill out a scholarship application. In fact, go and sign up for our free ebook on the art of eating healthy and put your diet up against the test, up against the 16 principles that we teach for what eating healthy actually is. Folks, we have so much to share and we would love to meet you. So if you feel like the answer to that question, am I a healer? If you feel like the answer to that question is, yes, I am. And come and study with us and let us help you become that healer, the best healer that you can be. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. You know, one of the favorite things that we would all hear as baseball fans from the legendary, the iconic Vin Scully was a phrase to begin every game. It's time for Dodger baseball. And you know what I love about that phrase? 
is that it creates a consistency and fans just sit on, it's kind of like the opening for Star Wars. You know, you're waiting a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then boom, you know, John Williams brings in this wonderful music. You know, it's this thing that lets us know, hey, there's something special that's going to get started. And one of the things that Vin would talk about is how he loved to hear the roar of the crowd that he loved to hear the roar of the crowd because it took him back to when he was eight years old and he fell in love with baseball. And that's kind of how I feel when I talk about the body and healing. It, it takes me back to that wonderful time when I was at the Dow Healing Arts Center learning. I remember sitting at, at Manny's Bakery almost every night uh, when I wasn't at school and have a little bit of tea, have maybe a little you know, some kind of something, little small sweet treat or something like that. But I would have my Frank Netter Atlas of Human Anatomy second edition with me. And I'd just be looking through the pages, every single page and learning as much as I can. It's, I've learned more out of that book than maybe any other book um, outside of the great book. And so hats off and big salute to Vin Scully again for making us feel special every time he was on the microphone and making us feel the passion that he has for something that we say is just a game but we all know is more than that because in that game are all the wonderful memories we have with all the people that shared that experience with us and every time i listened to Vin, it took me right back to when i was a little kid and i would listen to the games you know you have the transistor radio outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not old. You have the transistor radio outside in the garage. I'd be shooting some hoops. My dad would be doing something in the garage. My mom would be listening in the kitchen. You know, we'd all be listening to the game. And then we would watch the games together. We would go to the games together. And it's this voice that brought us all together. So thank you, Vin, for all you do and all you did to bring people together. Because that's a healer at work right there. He just happened to be talking about baseball. That's all. But make no mistake, he was a healer. So we get into this and, you know, I start going, okay, what have we learned so far about this genetic modification? I think the first thing that we have to, um, we have to really get into is does genetic modification occur, right? When we go to the CDC, and of course, the CDC is supposed to be this incredibly um, transparent, incredibly, incredibly independent, and incredibly trustworthy organization that allows us to, you know, get information and make decisions from, right? I mean, that's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be this bastion of intelligence for us to rely upon, right? Well, there's a problem there. You know, you can't be this repository of trustworthy information when you are lying to people, when you are lying straight-faced to the people who are seeking your guidance, right? And that's, that's what drives me kind of up the wall about this whole thing and why I've been had such a, a you know, bug up my butt about the death certificates and the, the data and the data analysis and all that stuff because it's, it's all just fabricated lies. One of the biggest lies they've told is that when you get the mRNA platform shots, you 
under no circumstances can they reverse transcribe into DNA and become a part of you. At no point in time can you become genetically modified. Of course, they say this without producing any tests to substantiate this, any evidence to substantiate this. It's more of because we said so science, which is garbage. That's not science. That's propaganda. Because we said so science is garbage. It's absolute garbage. Science is the exploration and the asking of questions and the seeking of proof, of evidence. So one organization that went to check out that statement of, yes, if you get the shots, there's no way you can be genetically modified, was Lund University, led by, um, uh, I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but uh, Marcus Aldin, all right, and the whole team of folks. They had no conflicts of interest, no financial conflicts of interest, no funding that was trying to find something or not find something. They published a paper peer-reviewed in February of this year called Intracellular Reverse Transcription of Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine BNT162B2 in vitro in human liver cell line. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, what's phenomenal about this study is, uh, is the conclusion. The conclusion, and I'm going to quote here, our results indicate that a fast uptake of BNT162B2, that's the Pfizer shot, into human liver cell line HUH7, 7.0, um, leading to changes in line one expression and distribution. So they're saying that when the shot gets taken up by the cell, there are some changes that occur within the cell. One of those changes precipitates the formation of and the transformation of that mRNA code into DNA. They go on to say, quote, we also show that the BNT162B2, this is in Pfizer shot, uh, is reverse transcribed Sounds like HIV a little bit, doesn't it? Is reverse transcribed intracellularly into DNA. So they're saying within the cell, this gets reverse transcribed into DNA. Check this out, folks. In as fast as six hours upon exposure. So within six hours of getting a shot, a person can become genetically modified. This is the first study that ever investigated this process, the first published study, I should say, that ever investigated this. The first study that ever investigated this found that a person's chromosomes, a person's DNA could be genetically modified within six hours. But the CDC maintains that this is impossible. How interesting, right? How interesting that the first study ever to investigate this confirms that these are genetic modification shots. These are not vaccines. How interesting that when we go back a little further and we read and listen to some of the videos, right? Some of the videos from um, these corporate henchmen, these corporate criminals, they didn't refer to these shots as vaccines. They referred to them as gene therapy. Well, here's the deal. In order for something to be therapeutic, it cannot injure the cell. Well, these shots, what they're doing is they are creating 
And they're co-opting normal cell function to create a spike protein, spike proteins that we know injure the cell and injure tissue, especially cardiovascular tissue. So that terminates them being therapeutic right there. It's like little shards of glass. I want to give you that word's eye view, right? And the spike protein, the best way I can describe it for you is it's like little shards of glass circulating through the bloodstream. It cuts, the spike protein cuts the inner lining of the blood vessels. It's literally death by a thousand cuts for people who succumb to it. Crazy, right? Words I view. Well, when you understand this and you understand that they've created a bioweapon and unleashed it on the world so that they could create a secondary bioweapon that people would be forced to inject in themselves, a secondary bioweapon that co-ops normal cell function. No vaccine does that. Nothing therapeutic does that. That co-ops normal cell function to create a protein that injures the body, that acts like a razor blade, a shard of glass, and injures the cell in the body. When you understand that that's what's been created, it's not so far-fetched for a person to call that a bioweapon. It's a weapon that injures the biology of the body, the way the body's designed, the way the body is designed to seek homeostasis, the way every healer wants to work with the body to help the body restore homeostasis as quickly as possible. And then you go a little bit further with it. You go a little bit further and you start asking this question, well, if it can reverse transcribe into DNA and that DNA sequence can upload into our DNA, how do we ever turn this off? See, this has been my question when this platform was first proposed, when this, this approach to inoculating people with experimental biologics was first proposed. I was like, okay, where's the off switch? Let's say it doesn't. Let's say it doesn't upload into the DNA, right? Where's the off switch? Well, there's enzymes within the cell that will degrade the mRNA sequence, and then ultimately it'll, it'll turn itself off. All right, but what if it doesn't? What if that doesn't happen? Well, that, that may not happen for a small subset of people. Oh, you mean like 1.3 million people reporting injuries right now? You mean like almost 30,000 people that are reportedly died after taking it? You mean like 8,000 people that reportedly died within 48 hours of taking the shot? That, that, that didn't work for them, right? So I'm going to say that that doesn't sound very safe to me. But now we have this whole other issue with Lund University confirming something we all suspected to be true, that it does reverse transcribe and turn into DNA and upload and become a part of your DNA and, and part of your chromosomes, becomes a part of you. Okay, well, there's other viruses that do that. And I know there are people that debate whether the viruses exist and everything, whatever. I'm not getting into that. Okay. Something's going on. Okay. What I will say is that if it becomes a part of you and a part of your DNA, then much like a herpes infection, it can express itself whenever it wants. 
for the rest of your life, seemingly. And when do herpes infections often express themselves? Let's not pretend like we don't know, right? When we're under extraordinary stress, when we are eating a lot of sugar, and it's funny how those two things so often go hand in hand. So now we have a situation where we have to ask an important question. Okay, somebody got the shot, and they have regrets. They've even been injured. Can we heal it? And I've heard colleagues of mine who are brilliant make the claim that I think a lot of people are accepting right now, and I'm going to go in a different direction. And that is once you've gotten the shot, that's it. You're genetically modified for the rest of your life. Well, the research that I'm about to publish shows that that isn't entirely true, thankfully. It shows that the body goes through several natural mechanisms, that God put several natural mechanisms in us, four of that we know of at least, to naturally heal DNA when DNA, when our DNA becomes injured. So let me see if I can create this right before we go to break. I'm going to give you a visual, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. And we're also going to come back and talk about methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase disorder, MTHFR disorder a little bit too, because that's a, it's a big factor as well. We're also going to talk a little bit, just a little pinch about some omega-3 fatty acids too, because I want to give you a little thought on that. And I want to be very clear with you. I'm not saying we figured everything out, but I am saying we're working on it that there are great people all around the world working on this problem. And I hope to be among them. Because I think there's something special about how cells are designed, especially when we get into a state of hunger. When we allow ourselves to be hungry, cells do something very incredible. They go into an advanced state of healing. Right? And that process is called autophagocytosis. Literally, it means self-eating. The cell starts eating away things within it that shouldn't be there. It starts breaking it down through some lysosomal activity within the cell. It's a beautiful, beautiful process. If you haven't studied it, I talk about it in another podcast from, I think, 2021. We did a podcast on fasting, and I think you should check out that podcast. It's amazing. All right. What the body does. Again, I've been in love with this thing we call the body and what's going on at the cell level, the secret universe of the cell for for decades now, right? It's like that roar of the crowd for Vin Scully. Just when somebody heals, heals, that's what it is. It's that roar of the crowd. Somebody got better. Mm, You know, that never gets old. It never gets old. Well, let me see if I can give you a quick little on this one. Just a quick one. So imagine this. I want you to picture this. DNA, right? So what is that? That's that spiral kind of ladder, right? It's like, um, imagine that, right? Take a ladder and twist it, right? We get that common image of of DNA, right? Of our DNA kind of arranged. So our DNA is what's going to make up our chromosomes, 
chromosomes are organized DNA, essentially into that X shape, right? Or Y shape. Um, but when we look at chromosomes, okay, and we get up close, it gets down to that DNA. It gets to the DNA level, and the DNA level is like that twisted ladder. So now let's untwist that ladder a little bit, okay? Now, a ladder is going to have hand rails and rungs. The handrails are going to be the backbones for the, the, nu the nucleic acids. The rungs, what we step on to climb, right, are going to be the, the nucleotides, all right? The adenine, thiamine, uh, cytosine, guanine, right? The ATGC, okay? So we, we now have a working kind of visual here. We have this ladder we're looking at. Well, if the handrails, the backbones, if one of them breaks, the body, the cell level can repair it. That process is called single-stranded repair. It's repairing that little break right there. And those breaks happen, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot going on when a cell is replicating and when there's transcription. And there's a lot happening at the cell level. So there's going to be some damage. And we have an, God gave us a mechanism to heal that. It's called single-stranded DNA repair. And if both of the handrails that we walk up, both of the backbones break, then we can repair that. It's called double-stranded DNA repair, right? And those are things that are inherent, happens every day within your cells, but most predominantly when you're hungry. It's why it's so important for you to be hungry, because if you don't allow yourself to be hungry, it makes it very difficult for your body to get into those advanced levels of healing. But there's two more, and this applies to the genetic modifications. One of them is called nucleotide excision repair. And don't get lost in the names, okay? Don't get intimidated by the names. Nucleotide excision repair is the body saying, hey, there's a sequence of nucleotides. There's a sequence of A's and T's and G's and C's that are out of sequence, that shouldn't be arranged the way they are. Let's cut out that sequence and then put in the correct sequence. You know what's so incredible about that? What's so incredible about that is that means that there's something within our nucleus that knows when we are out of place, when our own DNA and our chromosomes are arranged in the wrong sequence. There's some higher intelligence that knows when things are out of place, when we've been genetically modified or we've been damaged and injured and works to heal that up. How dope is that? God wears a shirt on the front. It says, I've got this. And on the back, it says, I've got you too. And then there's another phenomenon within DNA repair called base excision repair. And that's where the body at the nucleic level, in the DNA, on that ladder, if one of those rungs is wrong, if one of those nucleotide sequences is wrong, one by one will repair those nucleotide sequences. And that's specifically a process that occurs in our nerves because our nerves don't replicate. So it has kind of its own process that our nerves go through to heal. But here's the deal with all of the healing. The body really needs to be 
in a fasting state, in a state of autophagocytosis for this advanced DNA repair to occur. When we come back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, welcome back. So, folks, we left off with the ladder. We left off with the ladder. We have the handrails, which is the backbones of the, of the DNA, and we have the rungs, the foot rungs, where we step up that ladder. Those are going to be the nucleic acids, right? The A, the T, the G, the C, right? For all of those. And what we're doing is we've talked about uh, if one of the handrails is broken, it's a single-stranded DNA repair. If both handles are broken, handrails are broken, it's double-stranded DNA repair. If there's a sequence of rungs that are out of um, out of order, out of the order they're supposed to be in, they're not us, that the body at the cellular level can, can cut out through nucleotide excision repair, a whole sequence, and then repair that whole sequence with what is supposed to be there, what is you, which presupposes that the body knows when something is in your chromosome that shouldn't be there. And how exciting is that? What that tells us is that if you've been genetically modified, it can be undone. Now, does that mean it's easy? No. Does that mean it'll happen every single time? No. But does that mean it's possible? You bet your ass it does. So when you hear people saying out there that it's not possible, impossible is a word. Impossible is a word that is often said by people unwilling to explore the potential of how great something is. And in that way, in what we are talking about today, is the greatness of the design of the human body and its capacity for full healing, its capacity for full restoration of itself. Your body is a self-regulating organism that seeks homeostasis. It is designed to heal. All you have to do is give it the tools and the little bit of love that it's asking for. One of the things we do is we eat ourselves to death. And when we are eating ourselves, 
when we are eating and 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 snacking and eating and snacking and eating and drinking and snacking and eating and drinking and snacking and eating and eating and eating and eating. When we're doing that all day long, we're never giving our body an opportunity to be hungry. We're never giving our body an opportunity to be hungry and allow cells to get into a more advanced state of healing. Tell you what I mean. We spoke about base excision repair before the break. How nucleotide by nucleotide, the body can heal one nucleotide alone. These are extraordinarily long strings of nucleic acids that make us up, our, our basic library of who we are. But the body, nucleotide by nucleotide, can cut out what shouldn't be there and put back in what's supposed to be there. That means there's a higher intelligence beyond even our chromosomes. There's something that knows what we're supposed to be and when we are not being that can fix it. That's God at work. I don't care whether you believe in religion or not. That's not what I care about. But that is God at work. That within you is divinity. In every single cell that has a nucleus, there is divinity. There is the pre-programmed expression of healing. Now, from the literature, and we are at the edge of the known universe, I'm not going to kid you and say that we know all that we don't, we're figuring a lot of stuff out. We have to build the plane and fly it at the same time, which is hard to do. What the literature suggests is that for under 1%, just under 1% of nucleotides, to be healed, of that ladder that we were talking about, DNA ladder, to be fixed. 1% of it takes about 96 hours at best. Under the best situation, best circumstances, person has complete nutrient availability, is in a fasting state, blah, 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 blah. 96 hours, four days. So if we extrapolate that to create some kind of baseline estimate for it, that would mean that healing the entire genome could theoretically be accomplished in about 400 days. So if you've been genetically modified because you were lied to and you want to do something about it, you have well over a year of healing. And why do they want you to keep getting these shots? Because every time you get a shot, a booster, you reset the clock. It goes back to zero. So if you got both shots and you got them 100 days ago, that would be your body working on 100 days of on trying to undo the damage. And if you got a booster on day 101, that clock would be reset to zero. So the first order of business is stop getting the damn shots. Okay, they don't work. They don't prevent infection. They don't prevent hospitalization. They don't prevent death. There is no point to taking them. They are not safe. They are not effective. All the data supports the statement that I'm saying, and I'm happy to debate anyone in the world, anytime, anywhere on those points. Next, you have to let yourself be hungry. Absolutely have to let yourself be hungry. Every single day. This is the power of intermittent fasting. This is the power of three-day, five-day, seven-day water fasting, which may be necessary depending upon the circumstance. And you should work with people who know what they're doing, who know and have been trained on how to manage a fasting patient. Okay? So 
fasting is going to be a key integral primary therapy for anybody who's been genetically modified and no longer wants to be genetically modified. Third, you are going to need chlorella. You are going to need a microalgae that contains those nucleic acids. Chlorella just happens to deliver those. So you're going to need a green superfood. Chlorella is the one. Next, you're going to have to assess for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase disorder, MTHFR disorder. My suspicion and having worked with people who've been injured by the shots is very simple. My suspicion now that we've had some experience working with some people severely injured by the shots, is that each one of those has tested positive for MTHFR disorder. My suspicion is that the people experiencing the worst adverse events are the ones who are MTHFR disorder positive or unknowingly MTHFR disorder positive. Why? Because when a person has an MTHFR disorder, it puts them in a position where their bodies have a difficult time methylating. Now, don't get lost in the words. Think of it like this. A person who can methylate can do two things very well. Number one, protect their DNA from genetic modification. Number two, detoxify the cell. That's what methylation does. It protects the DNA and it helps speed up detoxification within the cell. Two incredibly important aspects of healing. So if a person is MTHFR disorder positive, they are going to have a very difficult time protecting their DNA and their cells are going to bioaccumulate more waste than most people because they can't get rid of waste fast. Those people are ripe for adverse events from the experimental and failed COVID shot programs, COVID gene modification programs. That's what they should be called. Of course, nobody would sign up for them then, right? And lastly, something I'll talk about more on a future show. Um, and we are going to have Carrie Madej on very soon. <laughs> she had something that came up this week, and we're always going to give great folks like that the time they need. I uh, talked with Tom Renz. We're going to bring him on uh, very soon as well. Um, so we're going to have two great um, interviews coming up for you in the very near future. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about omega-3 fatty acids as well. But let me leave you with this. I'm, I'm playing around with higher dosing of omega-3 fatty acids right now. One of the things that I've always taught is that we need omega-3 fatty acids every day in our, in our diet and supplementation is a very easy way to get them. But I think I have dramatically underestimated the amount that we need. Um, and maybe it's just for this new age we're in with 5G towers and gene modification shots that just got thrust upon us starting in 2020. The, the reality is this, folks. Um, one of the things I'm playing with is dosing omega-3 fatty acids 
um, in the 5,000 milligram range now, 5,000 to 8,000 range, maybe as high as even 10,000, something that I've pre previously only done for multiple scler uh, sclerosis patients. I'm staying that I'm starting to think that it's something that everybody needs to be doing. And I'll have more on that. We'll do a, another show on that because these are the things we've learned. But we've also learned some cool stuff in working with the folks that are severely injured. Vitamin C IVs work. Love works. Listening to each other works. Giving people mitochondrial nutrients and all the stuff I've been teaching for two decades works. And that I am 100% confident that we can stabilize anyone who's in a state of decline from the ramifications of being genetically modified. I know how to stabilize anyone. Now, how to take that next step into unmodifying them? Well, we're learning how to do that. And that's not an easy process. I've seen it be successful in some people with mild and moderate injuries. I've even seen it be successful in one uh, little girl with a severe injury. Okay? But we haven't seen it consistently, and I'm waiting for praying for a breakthrough, the blessing of a breakthrough with several patients I'm working with right now. But they're stable. And that's a win for where we are in our education with this. So there's a lot more to learn, a lot more to share. But I think the most important thing for us to begin sharing with each other on this topic of can you undo a genetic modification is hope. And the literature, the evidence supports that hope that from the moment your body starts healing, the day after getting a shot, your body goes into DNA repair. But you have to help it by allowing yourself to be hungry every day. And there's much more we can talk about with that. So until we meet again, remember that we have four unique challenges in this day and age, to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. Folks, I'm Dr. Henry Ely. Aloha and adios. See you next week, everybody. Peace.